Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. I'm here again with Izzy, like every week. And I'm Caitlin Bongers. And this is the uh, Paint, Paper and Pellets podcast. Paint, Paper and Pellets. This week I have prepared a question to start out with. If there was an art supply that you yeah. could get right now for free, mm-hmm. what would it be? Does it have to be an art supply? Or... It could be related. It can also be like a collection of things. Shall I go first? Because I I, I made this question, so I already yeah, know yeah. what I would okay, answer. Okay. It's so hard, but I think I know, but I want to hear yours first. Okay, so for me, it's the uh, Etcher Lab Art Satchel. Uh, they have like this art case yeah. that they make. And it's like, I, I watched the video today where they explain like all the possibility for us of how to use it. So you can use it as like an, an easel that you could carry so you can draw well it's like it's supported by your body of course Mm -hmm. and then you can draw Mm -hmm. so you have like a table that you carry around with you but it can also be used in so many different ways you get could attach an easel to it and put it as an easel it's just so good so but it's very expensive so i I, saw it i saw that one and i thought imagine walking around like if you go on a city trip no you know yeah. like rome for instance you're just walking around in the ancient city and you're like oh wow i'm gonna draw that and then you pop out this cool little thing and then it's like it's it's literally like you're walking around with a table yeah it's so it's so nice but it's like 250 euros what yeah it's Ooh. very expensive so i've seen it and i draw a lot outside and i would love to have it uh but yeah it's not it's not something that i would very easily get so maybe in a couple of years but for now that's too expensive that is really really i would not okay i i would pay a lot of money for certain art supplies but something like this is is not you're not using it on an everyday basis yeah so that's really tough yeah, so that's a difficult one. But that's, that's like, I've been dreaming about it, but I don't know if I will ever get it. Why are those things always so expensive? Yeah. <laughs> Is it maybe something you can DIY? No, it's like so, it's so well made. It's like, mm. you. it's very easy and, and yet sturdy. It looks so good. I don't think it's possible to DIY because you can also like you can carry it in different angles and you can put it on a ba- on your back by the way this is not an ad but it <laughs> looks <laughs> hashtag but, we are not sponsored we are not but if such etcher ever wants to send me the, the satchel to try if out you know ever want to send us stuff sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think it's something you can DIY because it's so well made no. and you have like these clips that you can uh, take off that you can adjust so you can uh, put like elastics around your sketching supplies so oh. that you don't have uh, any. So if it's windy or something, your page doesn't won't. get blown away. Yeah, so it's, it's like so smart. Th- it's so much in detail that I thought about. It's it's yeah, it's beautiful. I, I it. want it. I don't think I can make something I like it myself. I think it's a beautiful answer. <laughs> but yeah, I thought about it. Because you asked me this question uh, this afternoon. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what do I really, really, really want? Okay, so as a paint maker. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Kramer, who is like mm-hmm. Europe's most known or maybe world most known 
pigment supplier, um, has different kinds of sets, uh, collections of pigments. And I already have the ultramarine collection and the green and the red and the blue collection. Oh, you cannot see it. <laughs> um, but they have this amazing collection with all natural earth pigments. I think I think it's over maybe 50 bottles of earth pigments uh, from all over the world. All over the oh. world. And every bottle has, they got two kinds. You've got the 50 grams per color in a bottle, but you've also got the 100 grams per pigment in a bottle. And that whole set, I want. I really, really, and I almost bought it. I almost bought it, but I didn't because it was just too much money. How much does that cost? Let me quickly check because I'm talking about it. I'm like, oh, shoot, what's the, what's the price? Okay, so in euros uh it is let me quickly check pigments 388 euros okay okay without me without tax so technically yeah. it's 400 euros yeah that is all right that that's about what i expected <laughs> that's a lot of money <laughs> it is a lot of money but since you're a paint maker of course you're gonna make the paints and you're gonna sell the paints yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's, but but you know, I'm just gonna try to show you because see all those small bottles at the top. <laughs> yeah, I know you have a huge collection of pigments that you I probably have a need to use. Huge collection collection of pigments. And the thing is, I bought those collections just for myself, not even with the attention of making paint and selling it, because I, it's my private little private collection of colors. Mm -hmm. So I'm afraid that if I buy it, I would never make paint of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at, uh, so a brand that I used to love a lot has made a gouache that I didn't have before. Uh, so it's the brand Mygello. Mygello didn't used to have a gouache. They had watercolor and a watercolor gouache hybrid. And now they made a gouache. But wait, and you said that you used to love. Yeah, I used to love the watercolors uh, because the watercolors are very, very um, even. Mm -hmm. They are very, they dry very uh, flat, so they don't mm -hmm. have a lot of separation and stuff. Yeah, and it's just even color. Yeah, so that's yeah. very nice to use if you're like a beginner in watercolor or if that's just the effect that you want to have. Mm -hmm. But I've grown to really love the, the separation of paints and the granulation of pigments. It's like I've grown to love all the little imperfections. You know, funny, funny sidestep to, to that subject. When I was a beginner in paint making, uh, I didn't know about separation and granulation. So by accident, I made a granulating color, which was in hindsight very beautiful. But I thought I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was, like, I was like, these pigments don't like each other. What am I doing wrong? And then I threw it all out and... I don't know. Yeah, looking I don't back, know. definitely when I first started working with watercolors, I didn't really understand the, the, the things that different pigments act differently when you yeah. use them. And when you don't know exactly what you're doing, it can be really a struggle. Uh, so I think this question was a very nice question to start out with for the main topic of this uh, podcast episode which is cheap versus expensive art supplies. <laughs> and of course, me and Izzy both make art supplies. I make uh, ceramic watercolor palettes mostly, and you make paints. Yeah. I think we also both have like 
a huge collection of paints and papers and stuff. And we have quite some knowledge about the different kinds that are out there. First, I want to make something clear. I think we need to say, make clear what, what we are talking about when we are talking about cheap versus expensive. Because I think that's fair. I don't think that art supplies from the dollar store, I don't even want to talk about them. If I'm talking about cheap supplies, I'm talking about like the student brands that you get from art stores. Uh, so the student uh, collection of the Cotman collection of Winsor and Newton, for example, that's like an art. An, if you get the watercolors from Cotman, you are like 10 to 15 euros for enough colors to work with. Yeah, for the little and, set. Yeah, for the little set. And if mm-hmm. I'm talking about expensive or art supplies, I'm talking about the Winsor and Newton professional watercolors that yes. are like 70 or 80 euros for a little set. Yes. Uh, so yeah, just saying that if I'm talking about cheap, cheap supplies, I don't mean dollar store. We no. will probably talk about it very briefly why we would never use something like that. Well, and, I, and, and we're going to talk about it, but some items of dollar store uh, mm-hmm. stores I do actually use. Yeah, what are your favorite cheap art supplies? And you can also talk about, just say, in general, where you get them, so we know if it's like dollar store or if it's oh, sure. something else. So my favorite um, cheap art supplies uh, are definitely paper. Mm-hmm. Um, paper is very expensive in general. Look at printing paper, just basic printing paper, already for a pack. It's it's mm-hmm. already so expensive. So... Um, when you get good quality cheap paper from, for example, Jackson's, they have very good uh, affordable paper. Uh, or in the or, or Gerstecker. Yeah, Gerstecker. Yeah, or in the Netherlands from Bake Art. They all have nice own brand paper. They're not 100% cotton. Um, they're, from, they're cellulose, but it doesn't mean they're super bad. And as a paint maker, I usually use them for swatching. Because when I make swatches, for example, uh, product pictures, I will use cotton paper because that is the best for your watercolors. And it brings out all the nice um, effects your paint has. But when I'm just working and experimenting and creating colors, I rather use a cheap paper because they are going to end up in the bin anyway. So paper for me... uh, yeah, I can use cheap paper, even from dollar store paper. Because sometimes dollar store paper have watercolor paper, and then you see these super um, unnatural structure um, of, of how the paper is made. But it's actually great to print on and make swatch cards. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I uh, use cheap paper all the time. And I even find that when I use cheap paper... Uh, like, if you get expensive watercolor paper, it can easily easily get one to two, two euros per sheet. Oof, and yes. for me, that's a lot of money. And then I feel scared that I mess up my sheet. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm, if I'm making a lot of art, I may go to two, three, four sheets a day. Mm-hmm. And if you're then making art every day, that, that's really expensive. That's super expensive. And... 
so when I'm working on expensive paper, my mind can get really like, oh no, I should, I don't want to ruin this. And if I'm working on expensive paper, I just can work freely. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. This paper doesn't cost me anything. And also when you, I feel like when you're using uh, cheap watercolors on very expensive paper, it looks bad. <laughs> but if you're using uh, good quality, expensive watercolors on cheap paper, it still looks good. Yeah, but on the other hand, I agree with you. But on the other hand, when I started out, I used the Cotman, the Winsor Newton Cotman paints. Mm -hmm. And um, I did they're not use bad. it. They're, they're really not bad. And I felt like uh, as someone who was still learning, and I'm still learning different techniques for watercolors, um, or how to shape or your composition and stuff. I try to practice. I used to practice on cheap paper, but now I practice on expensive paper because sometimes the expensive paper can be more forgiving. Like mm -hmm. if you made a mistake or it's sometimes it's just easier to control your paint, even though watercolors is very hard to control. It's easier to predict what the paint is going to do. It stays wet longer. So yes, it looks not as good as using the professional line of Winsor Newton on expensive paper, but I think for just studies, I think it's yeah. great. Definitely. So, what mm. do you think are the the uh, pros and cons if we look at paper specifically? So, I think if you're using cheap paper, a big con is that uh, the paper buckles. Yes, that's my and biggest annoyance yeah because the buckling of the paper will also make your uh, paints puddle yeah. and will make it dry like in a different way because you'll see like the edges where it has dried differently yeah. you'll see where the puddles have formed um, another big con i think of cheap paper you said that that watercolor paper stays wet for longer but sometimes the cheap paper stays wet for longer and you're just like waiting 20 minutes for it to fully dry. That and is that also is true. <laughs> very annoying to work in layers. The the cheap paper yes. doesn't handle a lot of water. So if you're going to work with many layers, um, it's probably not the best. It is very good if you just want to get like some quick shadows behind your sketches, or if you just want to add one or maybe two layers. Uh, it also works better with gouache than with watercolor because gouache yes. lays more on top of the paper instead of soaking in the paper. Mm -hmm. So that's something you might want to consider. Uh, but definitely for just using watercolors, there are some very good mid-grade brands that are just uh, cellulose. They're thick enough to use enough watercolor with. They have a nice drying time uh, for watercolors, definitely uh, for gouache and for other products. I think cheap paper can also be fine. So what is your favorite, like, mid-section, mid-brands? Like, they are cellulose, but they're not super cheaply made. They are quality. Yeah, I I really like the... Uh, you you mentioned Gerstecker. They have, like, the, mm -hmm. the brand that they sell is, like, I Love Art, Hate. it's named. Oh, really? Yeah, and they have sketchbooks that are, like, 7 to 8 euros, and they are very good for watercolors. I use them mm. all the time to do my uh, 
when I used to do school projects, I would get those because I would never feel bad about wasting the paper and I could just do everything on it. So I like those. I think those are pretty good. That's nice. You Is you you usually work with like sketchbooks or also do you have pads? No, I use mostly sketchbooks. I have ah, a yeah. lot of pads. Mm -hmm. I don't really use them that often. When I use them, I usually cut out like the size of my sketchbook and then I glue it in my sketchbook. Oh yeah. So yeah, so awesome. I, so I have my very I I love the the Talents Art Creation sketchbooks and they do fine with watercolors. Like if you want to use a lot of layers, I wouldn't really recommend it. But to be honest, they are fine for it. But if I want to do something a little bit more detailed or with more layers, I would take like a sketch pad, a watercolor pad or something, and I would cut out the size and glue it in my sketchbook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I like about pads is that you can buy, sometimes it's cheaper to buy the the huge pad mm -hmm. uh, because you get more paper for your money and then just cut out the sizes that you like. Yeah, that's what I do. And the problem that I have with expensive watercolor sketchbooks is that I don't want to sketch in them because the the paper is too precious for me to put just pencil sketches on. Oh, I get that. So I'd rather have like an expensive sketch pad that I can cut out to glue in my watercolor in my cheap sketchbook. So I can decide okay, I'm going to do uh, one watercolor painting with more layers and more detail and the rest of my sketchbook can just be quick sketches like, does that's that make a great sense? solution yeah it does make sense first i thought well isn't it maybe easier to first do your sketch in your regular sketchbook and then do the actual art piece in your expensive uh watercolor book but if you glue them together then it's nice to see your process because they, yeah. they're all in this in the same place and that's also what I often do. Like I just bring multiple sketchbooks so I can do whatever I want. But mm -hmm. then very often I carry the expensive sketchbook around with me and I don't work in it. I, th I think you mentioned it the previous yeah. recording session we had. And then when I do want to work in it, I don't have it with me. Oh, and I yeah, can just nice. very easily carry a few sheets of watercolor paper because I know I'm not going to fill more than two in a day. Like, mm -hmm. likely even just one. And that's no effort at all to carry with me. It's no weight. It's very easy. And if I have to carry an expensive sketchbook, that's quite some weight. And then if I don't use it, I just am carrying around all this weight all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. I do think a lot of expensive sketchbooks are worth it. They are very beautiful. And if you just want to practice, like if you're more of a painter and want to do a lot of painting, I definitely get why you want to use those. Uh, I'm more of a sketcher and I also paint. Like I draw a lot with just pens and pencils. And then on other times I paint. So that makes a difference, of course. All artists yeah. like have different ways of making their art. So it really depends on how you make art, what kind of supplies will be good for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like when you're on holiday or like like we said before on a, on a city trip, I'd like to bring like a little, maybe A4 pouch with me. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, tell myself, okay, all art supplies you want to bring is fine as long as they fit in this pouch. Yeah. So I, so I cannot bring my huge... Archer um, watercolor pad, but I can cut them up 
and bring them with me or yeah. just put them in my sometimes i bring my uh, etcher watercolor book and then in the little pouch on the inside i put different kinds of paper in so i can i can do my paintings on different kinds of of paper i don't yeah. know i like it i just I, I love working with different kinds uh of paper that's why i have a lot yeah uh, <laughs> i even have so much paper that um recently i discovered that it lost its sizing so if you don't know what sizing is uh watercolor paper has um it's called sizing and basically it's a type of uh gel usually it's made from a gelatinous substance that's in in your paper and it makes sure that the paper behaves good with water um if you do not have sizing your water will be sucked in just like uh toilet paper mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah so if you put paint on toilet paper you can see it, it sucks it in and it, it forms like this pool of ink um with sizing um it doesn't do that so the paper behaves uh, exactly how you expect to but if you do not take care of your uh, paper pads like i apparently did um it can lose its sizing and what happens is i got my arches hot pressed paper and um i had a phase last year where i wanted to try hot pressed i didn't really like it that's why i didn't really use it and now it's lost sizing now i want to try and make swatches on it to show my potential customers this paint will show up like this on cold pressed this on rough pressed or on rough handmade and this on hot pressed but it lost its sizing so when i swatch it you can see patches of paint being sucked in and other patches are like you said, like 20 minutes, still mm -hmm. freaking wet. Yeah, so this is probably a, a, a problem that you have with expensive paper most of the time. Yes. Because cheap paper usually doesn't have sizing or like very cheap or something else. It has else. sizing, but a, a, a totally different kind of sizing. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have a sketchbook that is very cheap and the watercolor would get like sucked in and then bleed through to the backside. Oh, that's so annoying. And that's like, for me, the worst kind of paper. That's something that I don't want to use. You know what I also hate? That and when you're trying to layer that you your brush is peeling pieces of the paper. Yeah. And then you get like these little balls of paper and before you know it, you've poked it through. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why that happens? Uh, no, actually. Because I assumed it also meant like maybe the way the paper is pressed or something. That if it's like pressed tighter, that the fiber doesn't get off. I know that cotton doesn't do it. Doesn't do that. No, cotton doesn't do that. So maybe it's a problem of like cellulose paper. Uh, but I'm honestly not too sure. I thought maybe you'd know. <laughs> maybe it's depressing. Depressing. Wow. Depressing. No, the, it is the certainly depressing. depressing. <laughs> it is depressing. <laughs> No, maybe it is exactly the pressing method. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the same as you use watercolor and printing paper. It does exactly the same. Yeah. So I think it's the cellulose. And I'm referring back to toilet paper because it's very easy to refer that, uh, that side. But if you wet your toilet paper, it's also it crumbling. Yeah. It's also crumbling apart. So yeah, it's just very cheap made. Mm -hmm. So is there an art supply that you would never cheap out on. Like we would definitely go for cheap paper. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like. I don't really like the very very cheap brushes, but I do think that most cheap like uh, synthetic brushes are fine. I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. That's why. That's why I'm laughing. I was like, I got the answer. It's brushes. It's brushes. <laughs> it's it is brushes. Brushes. I love them. I've got a lot of them actually. Mm-hmm. In, in a butt. This is not my butt, by the way, people. This is just a butt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Karebic it's a it's, cup-like it's thing that she's yeah. showing. She's not so showing a real butt for the people no, who are just No, it's listening. not a real... It's a pink marble uh, butt. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I've got a lot of different kind of brushes. And I've got a separate one just for my gouache brushes. Um Okay, maybe for gouache, I can go cheaper because usually they are a little stiff and I like to use a dabbing technique with gouache and I don't Mm -hmm. want to use my expensive brushes because I don't want to ruin them. So, okay, for gouache, I can go for student-grade brushes. For watercolors, well, it depends. What do you call cheap? Do you call Da Vinci a a cheap watercolor brush? Oh, I I don't know anything about brushes. You shouldn't use like brand names with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just go like I if I go to the art store and there is like a synthetic brush set that I can mm-hmm. get like five brushes for fifteen euros. I would call that cheap brushes if they're like yeah, two to three euros are, per yeah, piece. Yeah, those are cheap brushes. Yeah, okay. These are not. No, five pieces for fifteen euros. <laughs> no, there's like a whole half a piece for fifteen euros. <laughs> These are, some are, are are very expensive. And you mentioned synth. Do you only use synthetic brushes? No, I also have like real uh, hair brushes. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, and it really depends. Like once in a while, I would feel I use a lot of my brushes very roughly. Recently, I bought these brushes from. Um, Shimoni art. I think she makes <gasps> uh, them. I'm, I'm, those are on my wish list. Yeah, but they're they're synthetic. They're not real hair. I know, ones. I know, but they're still on my wish list. So yeah, they they are very good. But I've been doing this like really loose sketchbooking. So I would be painting, and I would just grab my paintbrush, and I would be like. <laughs> <laughs> So you can see it, of course, if you're listening, but I was just like moving my brush very roughly and, and Izzy was, is crying. I'm crying, <laughs> yes. And I imagine imagine a, giving a toddler a brush. That's how Caitlin just showed it. <laughs> <laughs> just and, and I definitely I would never do that with like a really expensive real mm-hmm. fur because you would you you would ruin the fur very very quickly yeah uh, so but it is something that i do with my synthetic brushes and for then, synthetic is fine it's yeah. definitely fine but if you definitely if you want to use like work very in detail i have a brush here i think this one is quite expensive this is da vinci the casaneo oh uh, i too have a lot of casaneos yeah because they have like a, a, a real fiber uh thick body and then a synthetic fine or i don't even yeah. know if it's synthetic but like a fine tip that you can do very very detailed work like for if you want to have like a liner brush or very detailed i do think it's exp- it's important to get a very good brush because your tip will stay very nicely 
yeah, it will stay very pointy. Yeah. And sometimes mm -hmm. if you get a synthetic brush and you want to do like very big uh, areas of paint, the synthetic brush won't hold as much water as a, a real yeah. fiber one. So mm -hmm. then I also can think that it's like better to get a real fiber one. But these days, a lot of good brands, like for example, my uh, mm, silver black velvet brushes, these mm -hmm. are all synthetic. Yeah, they and are. they hold yeah. up a lot of water. I really, really like these. I, I do like those, yeah. So uh, they're kind of expensive, but they are worth every euro I spend on them. Also, the Princeton Neptune brushes, also synthetic, hold mm -hmm. a lot of water. These are absolutely great. And I think with brushes, if you take good care of them, they last very, very long. That does mean you will have to take care of how they are drying. Mm -hmm. uh, you never leave them in your water pot. Never. No. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I will come for you. <laughs> and you will have to like... Uh, you you make soaps, right? You, you make the soaps I or do. you buy them? Uh, well, it was a collaboration. Mm -hmm. uh, so someone else made them. An actual soap maker made them. Yeah, and, and we decided on the ingredients and the color and all that fine stuff. But yeah, I I have uh, brush soaps. And definitely, if you use the brush soaps like once in a while to get them back in shape and oh, uh, yes. rinse out old pigments that are still in there, uh, yeah. you, your brushes will last a lot longer. Plus, I've got a little trick for everyone. Um, I'm gonna try and describe it the best that I can for if you're not watching. But if you if you washed your brush. Uh, I like to dry them upside down mm -hmm. so the water will um, flow out and not go into the handle because the water can actually um, dissolve the glue that holds all the fibers and the hairs together. So I like to draw, uh, dry them upside down. But of course, it's it's hard to dry them upside down because yeah. you cannot put it somewhere. So I have this kind of mesh tubing that if you are into... If you if you are really into makeup, you probably <laughs> know these. Um, but it's like a mesh tubing, and it can vary in different sizes. And I put this over my brush, and it shapes your brush. But you can also just let it rest uh, on oh. the tip. So it shapes your brush into that fine point, and um, yeah, you can just rest your brush like this. And I think of I'm thinking of maybe offering these in the shop because I think it can help a lot of, yeah, a lot definitely. of artists. Definitely. That sounds like a great idea. I was just thinking, hmm, I never dry my brushes upside down. Should I just tape them to the wall or something? I know I, I know some artists put them like on clips. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I think I've seen them that. Up. Yeah, yeah, that's better because if you tape them and your tape goes loose and then your <laughs> expensive 30 euro brush falls to the ground. Don't, oh my God. <laughs> don't listen to my <laughs> advice. My advice is terrible. <laughs> Use very strong tape. Yeah. So uh, yeah on brushes, I don't, I don't like to go cheap on, on watercolor brushes, but for gouache, no problem. And so for, for me... Um, I think that some paints you can't really go cheap on. Uh, so when I first wanted to try out gouache, I bought the Arteza gouache set. That I wanted of, to try them too. That a lot of people seem to love. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the first one I bought. And 
It was such a nightmare to work with. Oh no. And I didn't like it was the first time I used Quarsho. I was like, maybe mm-hmm. I just don't know this medium very well. Um but it was just like whenever the, the quarsh would dry out and I would try to rewet it, it would take very long to rewet. I would have to work my brushes very much. But it in was it. it was an acrylic wash. It was the, the true It was wash. It, yes, it was the normal wash. It was not oh the gosh. acrylic wash. And it's terrible. Uh, a lot of the colors didn't match at all the colors that were on the outside of the tube. Mm-hmm. So I would get like a tube that said it was like crimson red. And mm-hmm. I would feel like that is a very dark, maybe like blood a blood red. Blood red. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a neon pink that came out of it. So well, every wait. time <laughs> so every time I would and this is like I got these paints maybe five years ago. So they definitely could have improved in the in the meantime. But wait, didn't it have like a little uh color swatch on the tube? Yeah, but it was entirely wrong. It was not at all what the color inside was. My god, that is that is that is terrible. So it was and it was also just the consistency of the paint was very streaky. It was difficult to work with. So I used so, those and mm-hmm. I didn't like it at all. And when I tried to layer it would just be a very difficult experience working with these paints. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't used them a lot. I still have the tubes. Sometimes I just use them to do a block of color or something. I still don't like them. And then after a while, I bought the Talent gouache set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's like one step up. The Arteza mm-hmm. gouache is 20 euros for 24 colors, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's under a euro for a tube. For a tube. And the talent squash, I think it's like two to three euros per tube, something like mm-hmm. that. And when I was working with those, it was like a whole different world. It was definitely a step up. They were nice to work with. They were a very good beginner brand. I used those a lot. And then when I was like, okay, I know I like these paints now, I invested in the Holbein Gouache, oh, which is gosh. the expensive brand. And mm-hmm. that's just so creamy and nice to work with. If I look back, like the Arteza gouache was definitely not worth it. I would not recommend anyone to get those. You know, and you know what what makes me sad is that you you were a beginner and you were you're exploring a new medium. So okay, it's it's pretty logical for a lot of artists to if they're trying a new medium not buy the super expensive yeah. stuff first. And Arteza is, is, a, is a brand that you see a lot around on Instagram and you get influenced to buy these. And then you do, and then you get so disappointed. But on the other hand, it's like you see all these beautiful art pieces on Instagram made mm-hmm. with the Arteza uh, paints. It almost makes you feel, or for me, <laughs> speaking for myself, it almost makes you feel doubting yourself like am i doing this wrong is it me is it the gouache what is this yeah and, and I, can... I find it very sad because it could be a reason for people to to quit exploring new mediums and i do think that if i use the arteza gouache now it will definitely be easier because i'm used to the medium gouache now mm-hmm. uh, but in the beginning i really felt like the problem was me but the problem was actually that the paints were holding me back They're not the mm. worst paints out there. 
but they definitely made it more difficult. I would rather go for the Himikwash. I know we talked about the Himikwash last episode mm-hmm. where we said that we both regret buying the Himikwash set. Yeah. But I do think that's a good beginner set. Me too. And the only reason I'm kind of regretting it is because now I'm addicted to the Holbein Gouache yeah. too. <laughs> and I also already had Holbein Gouache when I bought the Himi Gouache. And every time I use the Himi Gouache, I just feel like I'd rather use my Holbein Gouache. Yeah. But I do think the Himi Gouache is a good beginner set. It's also a lot of paint for not a lot of money. So you don't feel too bad about using a lot of it. Uh, especially with Gouache, you can very easily use a lot of the paint. Yeah. Um, and you can see your colors. With the tubes of Arteza, you cannot see your colors. And then the colors don't match with the colors that are on the outside of the tube. And you get the wrong colors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's something... I wouldn't go for the Arteza. But then again, I would go for maybe the mid-brand if you're starting out. If if you're definitely if yeah if you're starting out with any the first thing you have to do if you're starting out with any medium is do your research. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand the curiosity of and the hype of that you see in Instagram for the Himi gouache and the artisas. I mean, you know how many brand ambassadors Arteza has? Mm-hmm. YouTubers, Instagrammers, Pinterest people, you can you see them everywhere. Yeah. I I think Arteza is one of those brands that got really, really far because of social media. Yes. That they just uh, like sent a lot of uh, famous YouTubers their art supplies. Mm-hmm. And now the brand is really well known. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's probably it's not... not a brand that I would ever try out if I just would see it in an art store. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, w- I would because I would I like to try everything in an art store. <laughs> But it's not that Arteza is a is a bad quality brand or something. I've used their uh, sketchbooks actually a yeah. lot. The expert line, uh, yeah. which I, I think it's cotton. It's actually really good, and they oh, have really? the, like the rough side and the fine side. Yeah, you got you got the premium sketchbooks, and you had the uh, expert sketchbooks, mm-hmm. and those were actually I used them a lot. Before I, I discovered my beloved etcher sketchbooks. <laughs> I also use a lot of the uh, etcher pens to just draw with. Uh, of course, for pens, it's like... I don't. I feel like there's not a really big difference in uh, different pens. So you no. can kind of cheap out on them. Some pens yeah, feel nicer. Agreed. But often when you look at a really, really expensive pen, it's the, the weight... That makes a difference, the weight of the pen, the way the pen looks, the, the materials the outside of the pen have made up with. But it's like the ink that's inside. It but wait, are we always... talking about the fine liner pens? Uh, just pens in general, because I sketch a lot with ballpoint pen too. And with oh, fountain pens, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For the fine liner pens... If you look at an expensive fine liner pen, for example, a Copic, I think those are like four or five mm-hmm. euros. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're nice, but if you get the fine liner from Arteza, I think they're fine too. Yeah. 
and I feel like they're all, I don't know if it's true, but I feel like they're all made in the same factory because Stantler, Copic, uh, Uni, they all have this set of like 0 0.5, 1, oh no, 0 0.5, 0 0.1, 0 0.2. And then they all have this, this set until uh, 0 0.8. Eight, which is like the thickest, and a free brush pen. Wow! And they somehow they True. all have the same set, and I'm like, it, this is all made in the same factory with the same ink, so it basically doesn't really matter. And to me, I don't know why, but to me, they always dry out. Yeah, that's I. That's what I have with the uh, Sakura uh, one. I think they're called same. Sakura. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people love them, and I used to be very into like black fine liners. I don't really use them a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. But I always had like fights with the Sakura other one. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I'm looking at them right now, and I'm like, mm, why are you dried out? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think it means like it doesn't matter too much. You should just yeah, try out. Just... They're not too expensive. Just try out no. which ones you like, and if you like the cheap ones, you can save a few euros. Get if... the cheap ones. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and that's the beauty of art supplies. You you have a lot of art supplies that we don't want to cheap out to, but you also got a lot of art supplies where it doesn't really matter if you buy the cheap ones or the high-end expensive one. Just like ballpoints, exactly. You can have a, a cheap, big uh, ballpoint, or you can have this super awesome limited edition 24-karat gold ballpoint, and it would all be the same. Yeah, and, and sometimes you do have that you can, if you buy the more expensive ballpoint pens, you can get like a finer nib. Uh, but I would only Probably. get those if you're like, yeah, I really love ballpoint pens. I want to do everything with a ballpoint pen, then maybe you can invest. But the big ones are fine too. And you get, get, fine. Them, you get them in a pack of like 20 pieces for 10 euros. You can get, and that will last you years literally years to draw with. Yeah. I also had, like, I made a little note what would be interesting maybe to talk about. Ooh. So, I think what would be interested, uh, interesting is some myths about expensive and cheap art supplies. Um, okay, you start. Yeah, I'm gonna start. Let me, I'm, I made some notes. Let me get them. So, expensive, we already talked a little bit about it. But sometimes we get a feeling that expensive art supplies are better. This does not have to be that way. If you look at paints, you can, like, there are a lot of expensive paints. And you can, even between expensive brands, there is a big difference. If you get a Daniel Smith tube of watercolor, they can easily cost like 15 euros for one tube. Well, if you get a Schminke, they are like six, seven euros. And for us here in Europe, that's because Schminke is from Germany and they yeah. are easily accessible for us. And Daniel Smith is from America. Yeah. So they come from far away. Uh, this is something that you can keep in mind because if you want to save a little bit of money, you can maybe look at brands that are local to you, that are from near you, and you can save a little bit of money. So, yeah, like uh, Royal Talents for us. It's yeah. very, very cheap to get. Yeah, it's a, it's a Dutch brand. So we love Royal Talents because everything is like cheap for us. Did you know that Van, Van Gogh is from Royal Talents? Yeah. And uh, Rembrandt is from Royal Talents. Yeah, I actually did know that. Rembrandt is like the professional brand mm -hmm. and, Van, and Gogh Van Gogh is, is like the student, student brand. Which, and then I they have their own line. 
Which is all, always, it felt like really weird to me to say that Van Gogh is like the student and Rembrandt is like the professional. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It sounds really weird. Yeah, so th- that's th- that's something you can look at. And uh, of course, within the different brands, there is also a really big difference if you get different pigments. Because mm-hmm. some pigments are just rare. And that's what makes them expensive. That doesn't yeah. mean they are easier to work with or they no. work better in any way or the colors are brighter or whatever. It actually doesn't mean anything except for that the ingredient is more expensive. So the paint needs to be more expensive. That is definitely true. If you want to buy your watercolors, definitely look at the series number that's on there. Because if it's a higher series number, it usually costs a lot more. I once yeah. went to, I got like three tubes of watercolor and I went to the to pay and they were like, that's 60 euros. And I was like, 60 euros? And they were like, yeah, this one tube you got is like 45 euros. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna buy that. Sorry, but I'm What gonna go back. What was the pigment? I have no idea. It was a yellow. I don't even like yellow. Come on. It was very, very expensive. And it was like the only color they had that was that expensive. But it was like, okay. Uh, Wow, I'm just stunned. I'm quiet because I'm stunned. (laughs) But, you know, going back to the super, super, super expensive, uh, expensive is always better myth. Mm -hmm. Um, I follow, I used to follow a YouTuber um, who liked to review Um, super expensive and super cheap um, uh, art supplies. So I got a blackout. Art supplies. Mm -hmm. And she actually did a review on Louis Vuitton (laughs) colored pencils. I saw that. I also saw the Louis Vuitton (laughs) watercolor paints. Oh my god. It literally just blew my mind that are there people out there Who buy this? <laughs> don't waste your money. money don't on, waste your money. Don't do it. If you if you want to buy something from Louis Vuitton, buy I don't know a wallet. Do not buy art supplies from big fashion brands because they know nothing about art supplies. <laughs> yeah, I also sell those. Oh my god! It's like imagine that Apple comes with a new iPhone with watercolors. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. I actually have the feeling that Apple would do a better job than most fashion brands because Apple that does have a lot of artists like in, in their team. <laughs> okay, that is true. <laughs> I I do like the Apple pen. Yeah. <laughs> so also a myth that may Next sound time. kind of uh, contradictive is that expensive art supplies are not always actually more expensive. Because art supplies yeah, this sounds weird, right? But yeah. <laughs> a lot of cheap art supplies have a lot of fillers in them. And uh, if you look at watercolors, for example, you will use a lot more of the cheap watercolor and you will go much quicker oh, through like the that. tube. Yeah, that's true. And the expensive one, the expensive brands, the professional brands, will usually not have a lot of fillers. So Or you handmade only brands. Or handmade brands. That's also like the expensive professional brand, right? That is true. I actually do not use any filler. 
No, so you have a lot more pigment, which means yeah. your watercolor will last a lot longer. You can use it for way longer. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you might actually be, it might actually be cheaper to get. Uh, yeah, definitely. And a lot of handmade uh, paint makers like to overfill their pants mm-hmm. um, because we like the look. Not everyone, but, but some of them, we just like the look of... Um, a dried half pen almost spilling over the edge it looks beautiful and then you get a lot more paint for your money than a regular brand I remember when I got the the, uh, Royal Talents gouache that I was talking about Uh, those Mm -hmm. are beautiful to work with but I used a lot of them I Mm -hmm. remember I had to squeeze out more paint again and again and again And then Mm -hmm. I used the Holbein gouache for the very first time. And I was so surprised how little paint I needed needed. to get so much color. Yeah, it's just jam-packed with pigments. Yeah. And of course, that will be different for every type of art supply. But also, for example, for colored pencil. If you get an expensive colored pencil, usually you don't have to press very hard. You get a lot of color. And if you get a cheap colored pencil, you usually have to put more and more layers. So you have to sharpen it a lot and you go through your pencil much uh, faster. So that's interesting to keep in mind. Of course, sometimes cheap can be more expensive. Yes. Yeah. Of course, when you buy your paints and your colors for the very first time, if you buy an expensive one, you will spend more money to just get it. But if you already know that you are going to use a lot of it, then maybe you can upgrade. So maybe you've mm-hmm. used the cheap ones and you know you like them and now you've run out of paint. Maybe it can even be cheaper to get the expensive ones. Probably. Yeah. So that's something that was interesting. Like mm. it's, it's weird to say that the expensive ones will be cheaper, but sometimes it's true. And I have one more. If you have any... Also, let me know. But, but of course, I have like prepared all these things and thought about. I don't have any. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about? Uh, because we've talked about that a really cheap supply uh, can get in your way of like learning of creating. But yeah. sometimes people make you feel like the expensive stuff will make you automatically good in art. Yep, and too, <laughs> and that's of course. Not true. You can have the most expensive pencil in the world if you don't know your fundamentals. You're still going to be bad in drawing. I I I am a sucker for those kinds of things. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. I used to believe that I need good stuff in order to be uh, a good artist. I need high end brushes um, because it would make me paint more beautiful mm-hmm. or I need uh, a super awesome um, like drawing easel for on my table mm-hmm. because I my my art my drawings would be better if I sketch upright instead of hunched over on a flat table and it's all not true <laughs> I, I don't think your drawings will get better but probably your back will get better <laughs> your back will get better but not your drawings per se Yeah, and that's definitely something that uh, sometimes we feel like very bad about our own work. And we're just like, 
oh, if only we had this beautiful paint that all these other mm-hmm. makers have, then we could mm-hmm. be just as good as them. But, but they got years and years and years of practice. Yeah, that's not how it works. I do no. feel like a lot of the more expensive art supplies make making art more enjoyable. So yes. if an expensive art supply makes you create more and more, then it's probably worth the money. Because if it makes you practice, then it will make you get better. But Definitely. you still need to do the practice. You still need to make shit. <laughs> in order to make something beautiful. Yeah, that's definitely true. But doesn't le- d- don't let uh, not having the supplies stop you from making. If you yeah. have copy paper and a ballpoint pen, you can draw. Painting is a little bit more difficult. If you don't have a lot of money, you can maybe just start out with one watercolor tube. And you can start painting. And then maybe if you have some money, you can buy a second or a third one. You don't need a lot to get good. You don't need a lot to practice. That's definitely something. I feel like artists have become hoarders. A lot of people who watch a lot of YouTube feel the need that they need to have all the brands of gouache, all the brands of watercolors. And yep. You and me both are very, very (laughs) guilty to this. We are definitely hoarders. And we don't need to be... Like, you don't need to have all this stuff. I'm not... If I could go back and undo a lot of my purchases, I would. I would, like... I would rather have a lot of my money than a lot of these supplies that I have. Some make me very (laughs) happy. But I don't need this much. I don't use this much. I, what I need is to sit down and paint. Sit down and draw. So I have this dream that I, I really I really like this idea and I really want to do this in the future. Is um, you know, it's and it's a five year, ten year plan. Mm-hmm. But I really would like to have my own um, little uh, studio where. It also has a little storefront mm-hmm. so I can sell art supplies and sell paints. But the idea I have is also have like a little area with a big table where artists can come, drink coffee, eat some things. It's eat, a little thing. I don't really know. Um, but also have like this art supply library where artists can come in, pay a little fee, and then they can just go nuts with all the art supplies we have. Yeah. Use them try them out, experiment with them so they know if they like it or not before they purchase. This sounds amazing. Thank you. The, the, <laughs> the only thing I, I just see immediately, like we've both been to art school and it always surprises me how many people that want to be professional artists treat their supplies horribly. Treats their brushes horribly. <laughs> that is true. So you that also would need to give them like an uh, education system they need to follow first before they get allowed to <laughs> use the art supplies. That's true, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- th- that's in the details, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they do have th- that. That's why the fee is there, also, because yeah. if they mess something up, at least I've got some funds to re- to replace it. But it would, I think, it would help a lot of artists um, not to hoard that 
much. Yeah. Or it could go totally backfire and, and they want it everything. makes people <laughs> makes people hoard even more. Yeah, but then you sell them, so that's okay. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is my idea. That's that's the dream. And then have little studio doggo in the neighborhood, you know, that they can pet and yeah. be cute and just relax and you know feel safe. Do you uh, so I was just thinking a little bit about like uh, we being on art school and where other people uh, treat their supplies badly uh, to like close off this podcast because we're like almost uh, uh, recording for an hour. Do you yes. have an art supply horror story? Mm, no, not a horror story. I do have a super funny story. Is that allowed to? Yeah, that's allowed to. I'll share my okay. horror story after so we can close off with, okay, the, okay. with the terrifying thing. <laughs> okay, then I'll first make you laugh. So, um, for those who don't know, I went to Graafse um, Lyceum Utrecht, which is an art school uh, that focuses on graphic design. Um, so, I did graphic design, and every quarter or every semester, um, you have to present your work you did that semester. And a lot of my artwork was, back in the day, I was a digital artist. So I did a lot of digital stuff. Um, almost the whole class did that. And everyone had to present their stuff on the same day. But also being artists, everyone worked their ass off uh the night before so everyone was tired everyone did last minute things and everyone did also their last minute things in class so you have these foam boards right and you have to print your uh artwork first in the copy shop and then paste it on the foam boards so you can present them to your teachers the judge there was this can of spray glue going around <laughs> I'm already laughing, going around everyone and everybody was spraying and spraying their foam boards full with glue. And I kid you not, everyone at this presentation was high. <laughs> <laughs> it was a classroom, uh, a studio kind classroom. But if you know the building, I don't know if you know the building, but the whole building is made of glass. Yeah. And you can open a window, but like the, the building front is also glass. So there's never, um, there's never wind or there's never really fresh air because you open the window and then there's glass again. Yeah. So it wasn't a very good ventilated area. Everyone was spraying, <laughs> just spraying glue. And the first one who needed to present their artwork was like, so, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and yeah, it was the most, it's the most funny thing I've ever, I think I ever had in my life. It was so incredibly funny. The whole class was high. <laughs> oh, that's very Dutch of, uh, of the... <laughs> that too, it's very that Dutch. Very, very Dutch stereotypical <laughs> that you have a whole art student class filled with people that are high. That are high, <laughs> but not on weed, but on freaking sprayable glue. <laughs> That is funny. Yeah, that was yeah. So that was my story. But now I'm scared of your story. Okay. So uh, I so when I was at uh, on high school, so I was mm -hmm. around 15, 16. High school works a bit differently in like the USA or in Europe. I yeah. was 15 or 16, and I was in my last year of high school. Uh, we had to make an oil painting, 
And mm-hmm. our, uh, our, our school did have quite nice art supplies, actually. Ooh. So uh, I was already used to like the, the watercolors that they had. And now we were going to use the oil. They had different mediums. And then they had one big bucket with all the tubes that were thrown in there. so what happened is like the first day that was like a five week project or something so the first Mm -hmm. day I came in there and I looked at the bucket with like the art supplies and there were so many tubes that were missing the cap and that had like the oil paint everywhere in the basket and and paints that were like uh, they they crinkled them too much so the paint was like the, the tube was staring and the paint was leaking yeah, out. Yeah, the paint was everywhere. Oh and this God. was like a nice brand. It was not the most expensive, but it was like a nice brand. And then, of course, there was no white because the white is always somewhere at someone else's desk. And I couldn't <laughs> and I couldn't find my colors. And then I looked at the, the different oil mediums and they were all muddy. So you didn't really know what was going on there, if somebody dipped their brush in it or mixed them or I don't know. Oh my God. So I bought my own set of, like my mother bought me my own set of oil paints. Of course, my mom wanted, my mom is an artist too. She wanted me to have like the very yeah, yeah, good stuff. Paint. Yeah, 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 yeah. So every time I had art class, I would come there with like my whole bag of own supplies and I would pack all my own supplies and have my own set of brushes and my own cleaners. And everybody would be looking at me like, why do you have all these expensive art supplies for this one project? And I was I think looking that's a at really the bucket. Weird question. And I was <laughs> looking at that bucket and I was like, I don't want to touch any anything of this. That makes me cry. I look at it and I want to cry. <laughs> oh, that is that is art supply abuse, people. Yeah. Mm. And then all the you brushes know, were, were all messed up. Like, you don't want to use any of the, those brushes. <laughs> I remember whenever we were painting and we had to clean our brushes. I'm going to show it to you. But, like, people, when they when they were cleaning their brushes, they run it under cold water and then just tap it on the bottom of the sink <gasps> oh, to get it all out. Definitely. And they're rubbing it like this on the sink. And it's like, <gasps> what are you doing? <laughs> And of course, I'm that one person that stays behind uh, when, at that high school when everybody just throws their brushes in the sink and doesn't clean them. And then I'm sitting there cleaning all the brushes because I don't want the brushes to go bad. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But first I was like... And then why you get didn't... bullied because you do the stupid work that nobody else does. Yeah, you were stupid for caring for brushes, you, you stupid girl. <laughs> Stupid kid. <sighs> you think you're so much better than me that you clean your brushes. I just throw oh. them in the sink and then let the, you do it for me. I just buy new ones. <laughs> <laughs> I am oh, but so that rich. is a true horror story. <laughs> that is that a true my horror mo- story. Then, then you come. My mommy bought my own paints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm de- I was definitely the kid that looked at the art supplies at school and was like... No. Judging them. I, mm-hmm. I am too good to use these cheap art supplies. And they mm-hmm. were they were pretty fine, actually. They were good. But I was just a spoiled brat that my mom bought me the most expensive art supplies. <laughs> well, bless your mom. I'm very thankful of having the experience that, that I was a four-year-old kid 
And my mom bought me the best art supplies because she wanted me to have a good time. <laughs> I love that. I usually got, I don't know if you know the brand, if you do not live in the Netherlands, but it's called Bruinzeel. Yeah. And um, I, I always got the felt tips and the pencils and they were actually pretty good for a kid. Mm -hmm. They were better than action. <laughs> Dollar store art yeah. supplies. <sighs> All right. I think this was quite long enough to be recording for the podcast. This was very fun. Yeah. I hope everyone had a great time and have some food for thought. Definitely tell us your favorite art supplies if we haven't talked about them. Tell us your secret finds. Which ones are the good ones that don't cost mm -hmm. a lot of money and you mm -hmm. use them over and over again. And if you have an art horror story or a hilarious yes. one like Izzy, we would Please also let us know. love to hear it. We would love to hear it, read it, and maybe we'll just talk about it in the next episode. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll hope to see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.